This Women's History Month of Womanica is sponsored by LinkedIn. Let's talk about what's professional today. On LinkedIn, important conversations are happening around what it means to be a professional. Right now, LinkedIn members are talking about things like needing more flexibility around where we work, how we work, and even taking time away from work to focus on family or mental health. Because those things should not stunt career development and growth. Instead, they should enhance it as we show up on our own terms. Professional is ours to define. And your authentic self is your professional self. Post your truth. Show the world the authentic professional you and join the conversations redefining professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, welcome professionals. Hi from Wonder Media Network. I'm Kate Kelly, and this is Womanica. This episode is part of a crossover season with Ordinary Equality, all about the women whose work and activism contributed to the ongoing history of the Equal Rights Amendment. You can head over to that show to hear a longer version of today's episode and an interview with Professor Amy Aronson, author of Crystal Eastman, A Revolutionary Life. Today's Womanikin was unrelenting in her fight for equality. When the 19th Amendment was ratified in 1920, after years of fighting for the right of women to vote, she wrote, Men are saying perhaps, thank God this everlasting fight is over. But women, if I know them, are saying, now at last we can begin. She understood that gaining the right to vote was the first step in something much bigger. Please welcome Crystal Eastman. Crystal Eastman was born in Glenora, New York in 1881. Her parents, Samuel Eastman and Annis Bertha Ford, met at Oberlin College. Samuel was studying to become a minister and Annis to become a teacher. But Annis ended up following her calling instead. In 1890, she became one of the first women ordained as a congregational minister in New York and even had her own church. This position was rare for a woman to have at the time. Crystal would later speak highly of her mother, quote, When my mother preached, we hated to miss it. Her voice was music. She spoke simply without effort, almost without gesture, standing very still. And what she said seemed to come straight from her heart to yours. Her mother's leadership role was not the only thing that distinguished Crystal's childhood. The family often hosted boarders who needed a place to stay. Crystal said, There were always clever, interesting, amusing women coming in and out of the house. This mix of intelligent visitors helped expose her to unconventional ideas growing up. Crystal was also allowed and encouraged to speak her mind. She once complained to her parents that she should not be the only child to do the, quote, women's work. After that, her parents distributed household chores among their children on a gender-neutral basis. The family referred to Crystal as a mighty girl. Crystal graduated from high school in 1899 and attended Vassar Female College. She distinguished herself as an excellent student and went on to receive a master's in sociology from Columbia University. Crystal then attended law school at New York University. She graduated second in her class in 1907. Despite her obvious talent, Crystal couldn't get hired as a lawyer in New York. 
so she went to Pittsburgh, where she ran the first study on workplace accidents. Crystal made major strides in workers' compensation and safety rights, but she decided to focus her energy on women's suffrage. In 1910, she married and moved to Wisconsin. There, Crystal was recruited to be the campaign manager of the Wisconsin Political Equality League. She dove headfirst into the state's campaign for suffrage. Certain national suffrage groups were only trying to benefit white women in their efforts. But Crystal worked to unite suffragists across racial lines and collaborated with Mary White Ovington, the co-founder of the NAACP. Unfortunately, powerful opponents squashed the effort for suffrage in Wisconsin. Crystal returned to New York, leaving behind her marriage and the method of state-by-state -state campaigns. Crystal wanted to shake things up. She banded together with Lucy Burns, an old friend, and Alice Paul to push for a federal constitutional amendment. They threw themselves into the National American Women's Suffrage Association, or NOWASA, but NOWASA wasn't focused on the federal strategy. As Crystal, Lucy, and Alice gained attention for their efforts, they got pushback from the more traditional members of NOWASA. So the triad split off and formed the National Women's Party, or NWP, the first women's political party in the world. The NWP eventually got women's suffrage over the finish line, but the very people who had resisted their tactics claimed the victory as their own. The 19th Amendment was ratified in 1920. Crystal gave her speech, Now We Begin, to remind people that women's suffrage was only the beginning of their road to equality, not the final destination. She also spoke out against the disenfranchisement of black women and the race discrimination that would continue even after the 19th Amendment was ratified. Equality under the law was the first thing on her agenda. So in 1923, she and other seasoned suffragists, including Alice Paul, drafted the original Equal Rights Amendment. In 1924, Crystal said, to blot out of every law book in the land, to sweep out of every dusty courtroom, to erase from every judge's mind the centuries-old precedent as to woman's inferiority and dependence and need for protection, to substitute for it at one blow the simple new precedent of equality. That is a fight worth making, even if it takes 10 years. Crystal didn't know that the ERA's journey would take much longer than 10 years. In addition to her innovative work with the ERA, Crystal was also an anti-war advocate, a prolific writer, and the founder of what would become the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union. Her radical views and unconventional lifestyle made some people call Crystal, quote, the most dangerous woman in America. Crystal continued to fight for the ERA until her early death in 1928 at the age of 46. A friend wrote at the time, she was for thousands a symbol of what a free woman might be. For more information and pictures of some of the work we're talking about today, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. For more information on Crystal Eastman and the ERA, buy my book, Ordinary Equality. Talk to you tomorrow.
there's a lot going on in the world right now, and more of it than ever seems to be about business. How do workers benefit from the great resignation? Will TikTok change the music industry forever? I'm Nora Ali. And I'm Scott Rogowski. And we host Business Casual, a podcast from Morning Brew that dives into the unexpected business story behind everything. We're bringing you conversations with creators, thinkers, and innovators who can tell you what it all means and why you should care. Listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.